Welcome to I Guess We're Grownups Now. I am one of your hosts, Carrie, and there is your other one of your hosts, Brooke. Hi, Brooke. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with that. I didn't, I didn't really know either. I think the best just... part about us recording infrequently is that we have somehow built this like slightly unpredictable opening. <laughs> like We're over the same music, but things have started to just kind of go askew, and I love it just random whatever my brain comes up with for words Heck it's yeah. a good time yeah it's the way to do it uh I, I, we have a sponsor that we should thank before we get too deep into our topic which is going to be awesome um our sponsor is feed press feed press is made for bloggers and podcasters if you're a podcaster and a blogger you need analytics and a platform that provides you with the right tools to make your job easier so you can get back to doing what you do best, creating stuff. FeedPress is a delightfully intuitive RSS analytics and podcast hosting platform with accurate analytics for RSS feeds and email newsletters. Sign up today at feed.press slash goodstuff and try FeedPress on a 14-day commitment-free trial. Use promo code GRONUPS. Check out to get 10% off your first year. Thank you to FeedPress for sponsoring. I guess we're grownups now. And thank you for to goodstuff.fm for being our hosting network. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for getting us out there. <laughs> and thanks to everybody who's still listening to, for like yeah. with us. And like, yeah. It's good feeling. It is a good feeling. So what, what are we talking a good about feeling, today? Brooke? Oh, God, uh, what is a good feeling? Um, uh, I just had some vegan chocolates. That was a good feeling mm. until it got too spicy. Um, also, uh, catharsis is a good feeling. Catharsis is a good feeling. <laughs> and I think something that gives me catharsis a lot and our topic today is crying. Yay, crying. Let's hear it for crying. I like how we both just like air cheers each other with our drinks. So. Exactly. We did. That's, that's how we do. Um, <laughs> I feel strongly about crying and I same. think there are some naysayers out there who are anti-crying I am not one of them well they are I don't know unfeeling monsters sure <laughs> I think my feelings about crying have changed a lot over the years because yeah. of a lot of factors but but yeah I can say uh, I'm pretty 100% pro-crying at this point I'm on the I'm on the crying train so tell me about how you feel like your attitude toward crying has uh, has evolved through your sure. life. Well, I think the short version of it is I used to be able to cry when I was young, and then I couldn't for a long time, and now mm. I can again. Um, I don't know if this is 100% true for everyone, but a lot of folks, myself included, who are trans, um, when our bodies end up with a lot of the wrong hormone in our systems... It can shut you off from a lot of emotional response and a lot of like human feeling stuff. And once you start taking uh, hormones that are more correct for your body, then next thing you know, you're like, oh, emotions. What were those? Um, it may not be completely like a biological hormonal thing, although I think that is a pretty strong factor. Uh, it may also be around... Uh, some degree of like trauma and stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there was this old feeling that like, oh, well, like trans women like get weepy and like trans guys get like angry. But I think that's actually um, a pretty like misogynistic lie. Um, a lot of the trans guys I know have actually been like, oh, I can cry finally. Or, oh, I can like actually have oh. more deep emotions. Um, right. I think the dudes who are talking about like always feeling angry we're always angry before. <laughs> like, mm. it's like you brought that with you, bro. Like it's not the tea. It's, it's right. some, like internalized junk that you've got. Um, so that was like, that's the short version. I think the longer version is just that like a bunch of therapy going through a divorce, moving across the country, like different breakups, like being more present, like meditating and doing yoga has meant that I actually like feel things. So when I'm talking mm-hmm. about stuff, Sometimes my emotions are um, are just, like, present. They're just happening. Like, a case in point, the other night I was walking home from a punk show. We went and saw Team Dresh. which is like, yay, 90s, right, girl? Um, and we were talking about trans healthcare. A friend of mine's going into, like, physical therapy, and um, she's been in school for a minute, and one of her classmates suggested they do a, like a unit or they do a project or something on like trans, um, care. And Mm -hmm. she wanted to focus her energy on something that is like maybe useful to a very small portion of the population, but is not very like broadly interesting or effective. And in fact, ends up reifying a lot of the same kind of like gender binary like trans people are weirdo stuff that a lot of people have feelings about anyway Mm -hmm. um and it was around like the physicality of walking around so this person had been like oh i'm gonna do a unit on like how like trans women watch youtube videos to learn how to walk like a woman and trans guys watch youtube videos to learn how to walk like a guy and my friend was like obviously this is bonkers because like (laughs) how do you walk like a woman you're a woman and you walk like, how do you walk right. like a guy? You're a man and you walk. Like, right. this idea that there's some sort of, like, single way to do these things is, is like, patriarchal garbage. So, anyway, right. she was asking me, like, what a, like, how do I address that? But then also, like, you know, what do you actually think are needs in the community? And um, another friend of mine who is uh, cis but is, like, an LGBT um, activist, like, full-time, like, that's her job. Mm-hmm. Her and I were just talking about, like, yeah, like, here's the actual needs. But anyway, long story short, um, I got really upset and, like, really, like, um, scared and sad. And it just, like, built up. And as I was talking about what my community needs versus, like, what we're actually getting. Yeah. And my fears, both right now and going forward for myself and people who have, like, way less privilege and, and um, ability than, like, I've been, like, able to, to garner, um, I just started crying, like, really intensely, and my friends held me, and then a friend of mine gave me a ride home, I was gonna walk home initially, because I like walking, and, and I was just thinking at the moment, like, wow, this didn't used to happen, like, Mm -hmm. I would have been able to just say my piece, and maybe effectively, like, talk about it, in like a cold and impact and dispassionate way, which is like what the patriarchy teaches us is the way to talk about anything. And now I'm like, Oh no, I'm like, it's in me. And it's, it's, I'm like my brain and my heart are in the same place right now. And it's hard. Um, and it, it's good when 
you're around people like that, right? Where you're around friends who can like hold you and love you, but it's bad in a lot of other situations or it feels bad. It feels bad. Like I think, so there was a, um, article recently that went around, um, CBC radio. Um, and there was a lot of people wringing their hands about crying in the workplace and whether you should or shouldn't. Um, I am, I mean, I am, I am a a workplace crier. I cry especially in front of my managers. Like I always have, and I think I always will. And for me, it's like what you said. It's like, I cry because I'm emotionally engaged with this. Like if, if I'm crying, it means I care. Like I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be crying if it wasn't something I felt passionately about. And it doesn't mean I feel bad about it. It just means that it's hitting me in a, in a really meaningful place to me, no matter what the thing is, whether it's a situation that's unfair or a situation that's sad or a situation that's awesome. It's like, yeah, this is me. This is me caring a lot about a situation. Yeah. And I, I think that's the, that's the hard thing, right? It's like, especially when you're at work, cause I'm the same way. Yeah. Like if I feel like strongly about something, if I'm talking about like performance or whatever else, like mm-hmm. the likelihood is I'm going to cry and it's right. not out of some sort of like twisted, like I'm going to convince this person of this way. It's just like, shit, I can't help it. Like it happens. And what right. I hate is that because of the patriarchy, like we're taught that that weakens our argument or that it make, makes us look weaker. And it, it, and it does because some people have like awful attitudes, but, but that's in them, not right. in us. Right. And I think it's not incumbent upon us to like behave differently so much as it's incumbent on us to like have a conversation with them before and after to say like, here's something that happens when I feel strongly yeah. work with me through it. Give me space. Let's talk about it. Like feelings are good and um figure something out i've had situations where i felt really like uh disempowered i think is the word Mm -hmm. by crying right like conversations i had that were difficult with managers where i was like i want to scream at you and tell you how much of an asshole or idiot you are and instead i'm crying and it makes me frustrated or like i want to coldly tell you to go to hell but i can't like i'm just sad right right yeah (laughs) And those are all like intense reactions, but like I've had a lot of bad stuff happen at companies. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, the only, the only problem with crying is that it can derail the conversation. Um, because the other person, if the other person doesn't know what to do with it. Right. Yeah. Which, which really the only thing I want you to do with my crying when I cry is maybe take me more seriously than you were. Right. Like, um, that's, I don't, I don't need you to reassure me or to lie to me or to change the subject or anything. Like just like there, there's literally salt water coming from my face. That's all that's, that's that's it. It Just continue the conversation. Like maybe if you have tissues, that would be good. But yeah, yeah, like, pause for a second and just kind of say like, um, 
say nothing. Do you want to like, continue? Wait. Right. Or just like, hey, do you want to continue? Or like, I hear you. Like, um, and like, I'll probably really collect myself. Like, it'll probably end up working out. But, but I think if your first reaction is someone crying, if you're on the other side, if you're watching, your first reaction is like, uh, gross. Then like, you you need to figure that out. You need to check yourself. And yeah, like, like make it stop. Yeah question what's inside of you that hates feelings and what's inside of you that's decided that feelings are like invalid um right the first reaction is like oh i feel more empathetic towards this person and now i want to know more and i want to find out what it is that's like stirring up these passions that are obviously coming out in this way um because like we know from like lots of research and lots of people writing about the way that like workplace stuff happens that Men tend to get angry. Women tend to get sad or not sad, but like cry. And it, it comes off as reading as sad, right? Like that's. And like, but half we the time angry it's angry. Too. Yeah. It's just yeah. that we don't, we're, we're socialized not to raise our voices. We're socialized not to like. Um, well, and I don't want to raise my voice. I want yeah. to cry. That's what my yeah. body does. And crying is like a less, it is, it is a nonviolent way of feeling feelings. Like, the yelling thing is crazy. Like, um, sorry, I shouldn't say crazy. The yelling thing is, is intimidating, intimidating and like aggressive and violent. And when I'm in a meeting where it seems like the only way to get ahead is to raise my voice, then I am looking for a new job. Yeah. And I'm in a place where like the only people who can seize power are the ones who are enacting like that kind of patriarchal violence. Then I'm out. I'm like, how do I get out of here? Or I'm at, and it's hard even in those cases too, right? To raise an HR complaint or something, right? Mm. Like to say like, hey, I cried and this person didn't take me seriously, um, but they scream in meetings all the time and like this somehow that's okay. Like what's yeah. going on? Like it, that's a hard thing to talk to HR about. Yeah, I think if you're, if, if you as a person, not you, Brooke, but you, the generic person out there listening, if you see somebody crying and your first instinct is to like, I need them to stop. You need to quash that instinct because yeah, the catharsis that we were talking about off the top only comes from finishing crying, not from the crying stopping. Like the crying will stop of itself. Nobody cries forever. Totally. Like, it, it's a way of the for the body to like work things through the emotions that you're feeling and if that stopped unnaturally those emotions are still there and unexpressed and that's no good that's not how you get to the root of the problem and the solution so I mean I just want people to let me finish crying totally and, and some people might excuse themselves to go cry like I've done that before although honestly that usually means I don't trust you like, if I leave a room yeah. that you're in so I can go cry, it means I don't trust you. Um, like, very much so. Uh, right. The number of times I've been at a company and been in the bathroom crying in a stall and left the stall to find other women who had also been crying, who were, like, gave each other, like, a solidarity nod of just, like, God, this place is terrible. Um, I've tweeted about it. Like, it's a common thing. And... I've only worked at one company where I haven't dealt with that. And that's like the one I'm working at now. Um, every other company, like there were days, so many days where I cried in the stall. And, and let me just say like, 
coming through that and now working in a place where I feel like I can bring my emotions, where I feel like the men and women that I work with are able to like hold that for me and support me and say like, Hey, I love you. And like, this matters and you matter, um, is so amazing. And like, conversely, it means I cry less often at work because most of the time, like, I feel like I don't have to get upset or impassioned because like, it's just people believe you the first time. Right. Yeah. And like people are suggesting things like my boss is asking me questions that um, are for himself or his daughter that show that he's listening and he cares. My boss is like trying to figure out how to stop tweeting for a second about like the just horrific situation in America right now in order to like tweet about company stuff. And I'm just like, what a great problem to have. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've seen coworkers, like, I just, I've seen people like share those emotions and have those feelings and it makes me feel seen and heard. Um, which I think is like the bare minimum that we can ask for, but it's also so, so cathartic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Have you been at a place, like, have you found different workplaces to be better for this or? Oh yeah. I even find, so, I mean, I've only really had two employers my entire adult life. Um, but I would say that, um, I mean, the first one was a massive one and I moved around different jobs in it. So, so yeah, some of them were more welcoming than others. I mean, and I would say that for the first 10 years of my career, I had pretty messed up ideas of what my role was as a person in the workplace. So I'm not sure I had it all figured out, but I think once I sort of reached the point where I'm like, yeah, I don't care if you have a problem with me crying, you know, things got a lot better. Um, that's good. So yeah. Um, what else? Um, so, but I mean, I cry in a lot other, many, many other places besides work too. And, and, you know, I think my husband started to get used to it. Um, my parents were always, I was raised, they were pretty comfortable with me crying. And I think that's part of it is, um, my mom was certainly a crier. My dad, maybe less so, but, but he's, um, a minister. So he's used to people crying in front of him. <laughs> like, I don't think it was, um, completely, I don't, he, he knew how to deal with it. Um, yeah. so like on the flip side, I mean, like a lot of things make me cry, like a good commercial, like a really emotionally right? manipulative commercial can make me cry. I hate those, there are commercials also, yes. I can think about and it makes me cry. Yeah, exactly. I hate them, but I also love them too. Right. So, it's like, yeah. wow, you guys are really good at manipulating me and I feel upset. I, um, I also cry sometimes when I'm like reading a book and like, Oh yeah. I recently read a book that was just not very good. Um, it was for book club <laughs> and my book club is a, a lesbian book club. And so we read, um, predominantly books by lesbian women about lesbian material. Although sometimes the books are by someone who's not a lesbian but they're usually about lesbians. It's like determining what qualifies as like lesbian reading for lesbian book club is surprisingly difficult. And there's a lot of like arguments internally in my book club about what we should or shouldn't be reading. 
That sounds but like uh, say, deciding what's Canadian music. Anyway, continue. Yeah, or deciding what's a sandwich, or um, a la <laughs> the company that we both worked at. Uh, I think that like there's a lot of these like discussions, and like it's tricky, and I get it. But also like, so we've read a lot of stuff that's just really not very good. Not because lesbian literature is bad, but because because there's people, a lot of yeah. Well, people have different tastes, and so sometimes people will be like, hey. I really love this book. We should read it. And it's like some mystery novel. And then it turns out to just be like the schlockiest, pulpiest thing. And maybe like has a worldview that's not compatible with my worldview necessarily, or like is very outdated as far as like how it presents like femme and bush women or whatever. But, um, where was it going with this? Did one of them make you cry? Oh yeah. Even though it was, was terrible. Was. Yeah. I was reading this one and it was just like, it was so obviously pulling on my heartstrings, but like yeah. the lesbian couple who almost got divorced, like rescued and like adopted this girl who's like mom died of a drug overdose. And then her uncle was like trying to steal her away to like get information about like where the drug stash was. Anyway, it was like so just terrible, but <laughs> I just was like sobbing as I was like speed reading through the end of the book. Cause I was just like, Oh God because I was feeling it I was like identifying with some of it enough to to feel it viscerally which I guess means the writer is not that bad like maybe the writer is somewhat talented but I think the story itself was really like um obviously like heart stringy well right it's like it's like listening to you know blurred lines by Robin Thicke and going this is I love that chord change and it's like yeah but the song is a piece of shit like yeah <laughs> right it's the same whatever that thing is that like reaches into your like your cave person brain and tweaks right. your thing that you cry about but yeah like I, I kind of love that. that feeling like there's it's a, a good feeling it is a good feeling I, I got in the shower the other day and I, I have a um, like a new like Bluetooth speaker thing in there so I can listen to music oh, yeah. and podcasts. And I usually listen to podcasts, which is really nice. Um, it's like I get to listen to like another round or something like while I'm taking a shower and like get some like awesome comedy or news or whatever. Um, but I was lis- I was like, it was later on in the day and I was feeling like kind of rough. And I was like, you know what? I want to listen to Tori Amos. So I just like put on an old Tori Amos album and then got in the shower and then just started like just sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not expect to do that, and I wasn't, like, doing it. I didn't put that album on so I could cry, but then after I did, I was like, this kind of rules. Like, I'm feeling so much right now, and I obviously needed to, and I'm glad that I did this, so. Yeah. I remember when I was, like, 17, I broke up with a boyfriend, and a couple weeks later, um, I was at a gym, and... This is super embarrassing, but <laughs> every rose has its thorn by oh poison God, came yes. on. And I just like, I was lying <laughs> on a floor or on a bench or something like that in the gym crying. About, about I think our musical ex. references date us, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Every rose has its thorn. Oh my God. <laughs> It happens. I think we all have, I mean, like, I know I have like breakup music or music that I listen to when I'm like upset yes. and it, and the music that I listen to is like both comforting and also 
inducing of like certain kinds of feelings or at least it like it matches and syncs up with my mood so that I can like embody and like be present with it because something that I do a lot or still do and have like a bad habit of like leaning towards is when I feel something and it's scary or I feel something and I'm not really like ready for it I like put it away like I'm really good at compartmentalization and so I'm trying to get a lot better at like sitting with it and not like judging it and just letting it be a thing and so sometimes like putting on some music and help me feel that um or like lighting some candles and like taking a bath um which is great and I think like if you haven't cried in a long time if it's been a while like give yourself some space to do that like yeah get a massage like get a pedicure or like do a face mask and like drink some white wine and like put on some like prints or something and just like let it out like yeah whatever whatever you need to do with that it can be so healthy and like I think it's a lot more productive and um helpful than like embracing anger for instance like don't go punch a pillow or like like just like cry a little bit and like recognize that we're human and there's a lot of stuff happening that is sad and that we have every right to be upset about and whether or not like your personal life is affected by it, like people that you care about are, and yeah. Um, and being and crying means you still care. Like it's yeah. not a bad thing. A it's a good thing. It's a great yeah. thing. Yeah, it is a great. I thing. think also like uh, I I can't speak to this because I'm not a parent, but I'm wondering like as a parent, has seeing how your kids cry and react to things like has that changed how you feel about it or like. Do you do you feel more connected right. to your emotions like by seeing that like the directness that they have with it? I think what it's helped me do is um, get comfortable with whatever emotion is being displayed and and stop the trying to you know suppress it. Yeah. Um, instinct, because because when you've got a kid, you really really want them to just be happy all the time, which is almost meaningless. And it's important for kids to go through being upset. And so letting your kids work through anger or frustration or sadness, um, and just letting it be, letting them feel their feelings, maybe giving them words to describe it, but not telling them what they're feeling has been the biggest challenge and the biggest thing that I've learned. I'm still not great at it, I would say, but, but that's sort of the the thing I've worked on the most is, is just like the letting them, letting them decide how they feel and not me trying to go, no, no, you're happy about this. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, it's so hard though. Cause you just want them to be happy. Right. I, Everybody right, totally. knows that about kids. And like, as a not parent who sees kids outside, like I was in Japan and I was like going down this long stairwell. Um, I was like on the eighth or ninth floor of this like bookstore, which, Oh my God, like nine story bookstores. Um, although I couldn't read almost anything in there because my Japanese is terrible. So I was like, I'm basically illiterate and I'm in this amazing bookstore and I'm so sad. It was like, I almost cried there. I was just like, this is, this is is like a a literal nightmare of like all these books, but I can't read them. Um, (laughs) but I was walking down these stairs and there was this kid and like, he was like crying. And in in Japanese, he was saying like, no, I don't want to leave. Like. Put me down. I don't want to go. 
which I love that this kid was so stoked about being in the bookstore. I don't know why, but I was just like, man, I and, and I I see what you're saying, dude. But um, the mom was just like, no, be quiet. Like you need to like chill out. Like we're leaving, and and I think there's like with kids and adults, it seems like there's sometimes a very distinct difference between um, or a very strong distinction between like crying because you're feeling something versus like crying because um, out of like protest or something. Right. Right. Cause you're not getting your way. There's like a tension and stuff like that. And yeah. And I mean, that can still be like a component of like the cathartic good crying, but yep. it seems like, especially with kids, like it's one of their only, um, one of their only like tools is right. to like, especially when you're really little, just like if I cry, maybe this will change. Um, right. And like, how do you, how do you work with that? How do you like validate what your kids are doing as far as like, Hey, I know you're feeling feelings and I support that, but yeah. we're in the middle but... of like whole foods and right. disrupting we other have to people. go. And like, yeah. I want to be here with you and feel what, but like, what do you do? How do you do that? I, have never been the kind of parent who tells their kids to like not be upset because we're disturbing other people. That's not oh, my okay. brand. I don't, I don't give a crap. I don't like <laughs> if people, if, if the, the I'm not going to put other people's like adults expectations for managing their level of discomfort on my kids. That yeah. seems too like if my kids need feel they need to freak out in the middle of a supermarket. Right. I might try to get them to stop, but it won't be because I think we're disturbing other people. Ah, sorry. That's, that was judgy parent coming out there. But anyway, um, (laughs) but, but I do think sometimes it's important that they realize that them crying about something isn't going to change it because that's a normal lesson too. Like even at work, like, um, just because I'm crying about something doesn't mean it's going to change. The crying is part of the, sometimes it's part of the accepting that it's not going to change. And so trying to get my kids to understand the difference between hating the idea of something or being sad or frustrated about something, but having it happen anyway is like, you know, you can still, your, your sadness is still valid, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't change reality. Right. (laughs) Is, like kind of the lesson that I try to give them. I don't know. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's a good lesson for like adults too. Right. Well, like, right. Your sadness is great. I'm glad you're feeling it, but it in and of itself doesn't change anything. Like let's think about right. concrete steps you can take to make something different or sometimes right. recognizing this is going to be the way it is. And there's literally nothing you can do. Like let's yeah. say a breakup, right? Like I've cried right. during breakups. Like that's a that's a really like appropriate time to cry, but there's a there comes a moment in like a discussion with a partner where you know it's ending, and there's nothing you can do to change that unless let's say you were the instigator. Although even if you're the one breaking up with someone, there's a point where you can't take it back, and and right. at that point it's just like you're gonna feel it. It's gonna suck, and you'd have to accept that this is now what's happened or happening. And yeah, and like uh, it's it's an intense thing. And there's like a finality too. that can also be like add fuel to the fire of the tears. So. Yeah, totally. We should wrap this up. Unfortunately. No, we totally I'm should. I'm going to cry. It's time to be <laughs> over. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been feeling... The last thing I'll say is just that, like, with regards to living in America, um, mm-hmm. which is becoming less and less democratic and less and less welcoming to, like, the people that made this country amazing um, every day, uh, I felt like crying almost every day, um, especially since I got back from Japan, because being in Japan was somewhat of an insulation. Not because I was away, because, like, news is everywhere, but because I was so excited to be there, it overwhelmed everything else I was feeling. Um, but I have been feeling so much of, so much shock and so much mm-hmm. terror. Um, even though I knew a lot of this was coming, even though I'm fighting every day to make things different, um, it's still just that, like, a literal trauma kind of feeling. Um, so I think after this, I'm going to go put on some Tori Amos, take a bath, and, uh, and cry a little bit. So I'll cry. I hope that, totally. um, hope that we get to do the same thing when it's appropriate and when you want to. Exactly. But, yep. um, yeah, I'm glad we talked about it. Hold your people close. Like, what does another round say? Like, take your pills, call your people, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Just like, love yourself, love like, the people around you and like, stay yeah. strong. Totally. Where can people find you on the internet, Brooke? Uh, at Brooke Shelley. Um, on Twitter, uh, I just put a new link in that bio to my GitHub page where I have all my writing. So Nice. Yeah. And I'm at K-Y-Y-A-R-A-I. And the podcast is at uh, grownups, grown-ups underscore, FM. underscore FM. Yep. And we're also at, grown- we're also at uh, goodstuff.fm slash grownups, I think. Yep. Goodstuff.fm slash grownups. That's right. Yeah. So thanks That's for us. listening. Take care of yourself, and uh, we'll see you again in a few weeks. Cry you later. (laughs) 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 I completely, I accidentally hung up on you. I was like, uh, I was like, cry you later. I wanted to just push stop, but I just pushed like hang up because I was like, gross, I'm out. (laughs) Take her stop. That's so good. Um, Oh my God.